You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M, and unfortunately, there was some news that came out about a certain player and his status with the team. We're going to discuss that. We're also going to be discussing a little bit about Texas A&M baseball before the start of the SEC season. And of course, I'm going to give you a little bit of my prediction for the upcoming NCAA tournament. Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this more quality sounding podcast, give me a follow. Give me a shout out and I will add it into the mix, especially for all of you new listeners coming over from Tigna. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source between all things 12 frame related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So we got breaking news coming into the show, legitimately breaking. I mean, this is, this is just coming out. So anyone who's listening on Wednesday, you're going to be able to be the first to hear it. Texas A&M graduate transfer Kevin Marfo has entered the transfer portal, according to a source told by 24-7 Sports. Marfo transferred to Texas A&M last season, but struggled to find his footing as a starter this past season, coming over from Quinnipiac University. He averaged 2.6 points, 3.7 rebounds per game in his lone season. Marfo was a coveted target for a number of programs, but ended up choosing A&M because of his relationship during the recruiting process going to Virginia Tech that he had with Buzz Williams. He led the nations in rebounding a year ago, but was not able to replicate that same success in an A&M uniform. He did not register a single double-digit rebound game after doing so 29 times with the Bobcats during his final season as a regular student of the game, not a graduate transfer. Um, let's see, he also uh, had a double-digit machine scoring, averaging 17 points per game with the Bobcats. He never scored a double-double at all during his time with AM. Uh, last season as a redshirt sophomore, Marfo averaged 5.4 points per game, 7.5 rebounds in 25 games, mostly as a reserve in 2018 and 2019. This will now be his fourth school to play at because if he started his career at George Washington University. Aggies, they really have to find a way what they're going to be able to do with this rebounding game. Marfo was a big-time name who a lot of people were excited to see last season. And I do think that because of what happened in 2020 with A&M, and 2021, my bad, it's amazing that anyone is really going to give anyone any doubt because they missed seven games. They missed half the year, basically. They missed a third of the season, and they missed half of SEC games, and they were never able to find their footing. You look at this, and everyone was like, oh, well, you know, and I was very critical on AM when they lost to Vanderbilt. Well, AM didn't have their... And I'm like, guys, they didn't play for a month. The fact that they almost beat a top five... Yeah, what, what are they? Three seed? Four seed. Arkansas is a, a three or four seed. I don't remember what, what they are right now off the top of my head. But the fact that they were able to go down to the wire with them, and in the last 35 seconds, it really was Eric Musselman's coaching that outdid Buzz Williams, says a lot. It also says a lot that in that same amount of time, 
they went down to the wire with Mississippi State. Mississippi State, they're just as, you know, struggling as A&M, and they didn't miss a game. So I don't give them a lot of, you know, flack there. But they now have to hope that Jonathan Koo, the I think he will be actually a redshirt sophomore next year because of he was a redshirt freshman this year. Uh, he will be on his third year with the team. Hopefully he is now because of one of the, you know, main guys, him, Emmanuel Miller, and Andre Gordon all have been here for so long that they'll be able to step up. Uh, the additions of Javante Brown Ferguson will hopefully booster the front court as well as incoming freshman all uh, Ashton Smith. But you do realize that Buzz this past year understands that it was a disappointing season. And it was only disappointing because of how they ended the 2019-20 season. They went on a run. They looked to be competitive. They finished number seven in the country uh, in the SEC. They were right in the middle of the pack. A lot of people thought that if the tournament would have gone on, they would have been a sleeper. And they probably would have forced their way into the conversation for the NIT. And then this whole thing happened. But again, I don't really blame Buzz Williams. I don't really blame A&M. I blame COVID. Because they they really lost half their SEC season and a third of their season games. They finished 8-9 and nine on the year. I mean, they, they, they finished with a sub-500 record, but they also barely played 20 games. They didn't even play 20 games. I mean, that says a lot about a team. And then you expect them to go out in the SEC tournament and play well and then expect these players to buy into the system. It's tough. And so, you know, I wish Marfo the best. I hope that AM's, you know, passing attack, especially down in the low court, will get better. But this is predictable. I'm going to be really shocked if a guy like Andre Gordon leaves. Or one of these, you know, upcoming graduate transfers leaves. I'll be even more shocked. But Marfo having a down year after what he did at Quinnipiac. I, I, I mean, it makes a little bit of sense in my opinion. That, that That's just me. But there's another name we got to talk about. And people aren't going to like this. But it happens. I'm going to give my thoughts on this. But Texas A&M freshman wide receiver Damon Demas was arrested by the Brazos County Sheriff's Department on charge of a possession of less than two ounces of marijuana. Demas, a five-star signee out of Tomball, was arrested Tuesday and released on bail on $2,000 bond. Despite his status coming out of high school, he played sparingly in his freshman year when the Aggies finished number four nationally. Uh, A&M coach Jimbo Fisher deemed Demas unavailable during two of Texas A&M's late-season games and declined to elaborate on what unavailable meant to the team. He did return for the season finale against Tennessee. He did play a little bit, I mean very sparingly, in the victory over North Carolina. This is weird. I mean, here's the thing that, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because of there's really nothing I can go off of, but Demas didn't play a lot this season. And when you have a talent like that, there has to be a reason you're not playing consistently. And I'm sitting here wondering... What's the reasoning behind it? Is it because of he was troubled off the field? Is it because of he needed help in certain areas? Is it because of Jimbo Fisher didn't believe in his game? I don't really know. But what I do know is a talent like that doesn't sit on the sidelines if there's something else not going on. So 
it'll be interesting to see what Jimbo Fisher has to say about this, and I'm sure there's going to be something. If it really is just a common mistake, they deal with this internally at schools all the time. They deal with this internally with so many players. And this is a first offense. I'm going to tell you right now. Demas is not going anywhere unless he says, I'm going to transfer. He's not going to be kicked off the program. He's not going to be gone. He's going to be back. And hopefully his role will expand next season. But again, everything right now I would say is speculation. There's no saying that has come out from the team. And there's no saying that has come out from Demas. So until otherwise, I think anyone who's overreacting at this, and yes, I get it for definitely multiple reasons why people would be saying, quote unquote, you're underreacting to this. But I do think that there's more to this story. And until Jimbo Fisher, Ross Bjork, or Demas comes out and says anything, it's really just all speculation of what will happen next. Personally, I think that they're going to handle this internally, and then we're good. And then Demas will be back on the field. But unfortunately, he was arrested, and you just have to report the news. Guys, this episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Blue Chew. Now, let's talk about Blue Chew for a second. They are a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients used in Viagra and Cialis, but it's chewable, and it costs a fraction of the price. Blue Chew tablets combat all forms of ED and can help maintain gain extra confidence when it's time to suit up and perform. Plus, it's an online prescription, so there's no doctor's visits, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Plus, it ships directly to your door in a discreet package. It's really simple. Just go to BlueChew.com, consult with one of the licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. Best of all, it's done online. BlueChew's licensed medical providers are here to work with you and put the right ingredients to strengthen your prescription. And if you don't like swallowing pills, no problem at all. Blue Chew's Cidophil and Tadophil tablets are chewable. And they're made in the USA, prepared directly, shipped to your door, so it's cheaper than going to the pharmacy. Go visit BlueChew.com and use the promo code Locked On at checkout. Just pay $5 for shipping and handling, and it's yours for free. That's BlueChew.com, promo code Locked On, and you'll receive your very first month of Blue Chew free. We'd like to thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. Lockdown Aggies is brought to you by Bill Bar. Now, you've heard the ter- terms of the past. It's best tasting protein bar on the market because it's low in sugar, low in calorie, high in protein, high in fiber, but everyone always has their favorite. And in today's realm and society, you have to have a winner. So let's pick it. With Built Bar Madness, we are going through all 32 bars, building up the suspense. And today's matchup, man, can't believe yesterday y'all voted against peanut butter brownie, but we're not going to let that happen today because peanut butter is taking on coconut puff. Peanut butter, guys, it's fantastic. It tastes like a Reese's peanut butter cup. Who does not want to eat a Reese's peanut butter cup? Meanwhile, there's a select few people, I call them, you know, people not worthy of trusting that like coconut in almond bars, like mounds and almond joy. That's basically what you're getting with coconut puff. So go ahead and vote today for peanut butter, but make sure you use the promo code locked on 15 to get 50% off your next order. That locked on 15 gets you up to 15% at your next order at builtbar.com. Plus, check back in on builtbar.com when you vote to see who has won the matchup to become the best tasting protein bar in America. 
Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M. Locked on today is the brand new show hosted by Peter Bukowski, right here as part of the Locked on Podcast Network, that gives you all the updated information going on around the NFL and all sports, really, in under 25 minutes. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast listening systems. All right, so Texas A&M baseball. Here's the deal with it. I don't think enough people are giving credit to how good the Aggies are when they really shouldn't be. You lose your best pitcher in Asa Lacey. You lose your second best pitcher in Christian Roa. Now you have to rely on these freshmen, these young talents like a Jonathan Childress to step up, and they're doing it. They're really doing a good job of making sure that they're stepping up to the plate. They have now pushed their winning streak to 11 games following a 9-4 road victory over the Houston Krugers this past weekend. The Aggies pitching wasn't dominating as it's been recently, but the offense was the real story. According to Rob Childress, Texas A&M's manager, going on the road, you have to strike first. And when you don't, you got to punch back really quick and really hard. University of Houston scored the uh, a run in the first inning. Kelly Harrison got the run back, then some by hitting an opposite field grand slam that barely snuck over the left field corner to give AM a 4-1 lead. Harrison is not known for the bat, and here's how I know. Because if he's only hit three home runs in his entire career. But... According to Childress, he said anything he does offensively is a great bonus because of he is a young up-and-coming shortstop. He plays defense and plays shortstop at an incredibly high level, so it certainly helps when he's able to do that. The team got a boost uh, in the fourth inning from Austin Boast when he launched a no-doubt two-run bomb over the left field line, giving AM a 6-1 advantage. Logan Britt continued his personal hot streak going 2-for-4 on the day with a triple, a double, and both of which came with two outs, scoring a pair of runs and driving in another. Despite the early deficit, Houston, though, did not give up. They struck out. Uh, they struck three runs in the fifth inning, and the momentum was short-lived after uh, A&M tracked on two more before Mason Orleans halted anything from the home nine might have had. Orleans closed out the game starting in the sixth inning and once again was reliable, striking out all nine Cougars he faced. Uh, Actually, my bad. He retired all nine Cougars, striking out five of them. The game was started by Nathan Detmer. Uh, He pitched in three innings, only going with 58 pitches. Chris Weber came in in the fourth inning and it wasn't much easier for the lefty. He allowed three runs and uh, four hits, struggled with his command, and allowed two batters to get on base with uh, uh, two uh, hit-by-pitches. Alex Magers recorded the final three outs as the closer. The A&M bullpen retired 13 batters they faced. They were in a great position to win because of early success from the bats. The Aggies now carry that momentum on an 11-game win streak as they take on a three-game series in Gainesville starting this Thursday against the number 5 Gators. Guys, here's the reality of it. You look at this A&M team, and you really look at uh, the SEC in general. I mean, they just know how to play. That's, That's just what... The SEC is. A&M is 15-4. They're not even ranked. They're going up against a, 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 a number five ranked Florida. You know what's crazy? Florida's five. And there's 
three other teams in the top five that are also from the SEC. That's just how talented the conference is. That's just how loaded of a roster they have. So it really could be any single game. And I know people talk about this in baseball all the time. You want to win the series. Sometimes you got to go to a rubber match. But for A&M, if they can win a couple series, win a few games early on against these top five teams, they can you know use their pitching to their advantage, which to me is the weak point, and continue to hit well against really quality pitching from guys like Flo- from Florida, guys from uh, Vanderbilt, guys from Mississippi State. They're eventually going to draw in some traction. And this isn't a brand new roster. It's missing some players from last year. But overall, it's a roster that has a lot of depth behind it too. I mean, like Bryce Blom is a fantastic middle infielder. And he's a fantastic overall player. He's a senior that is kind of just floating around right now. Logan Satori was supposed to be the starting guy last season at third base. They're playing him everywhere right now. Chandler Joswiak and uh, Dustin Sands are two veteran players out of the bullpen, and they're kind of getting mixed in with guys like Childress, guys like Weber, uh, guys like, uh, I'm trying to remember who the other one is, uh, uh, yeah, Mason Mason, Orle- uh, Mason Orleans, uh, Alex Magers. I, I mean, and those are sophomores. So they're really playing a loaded roster. Zane Schmidt's a guy who plays anywhere coming out of Hutchinson Community College. He can play outfield. He can play first base. He can play third. And then you have, of course, your main guys, like your Mikey Honer, your uh, Ray Alejo, your Hunter Coleman. These graduate transfers. I mean, these graduate players. Because they have to be here because of they got an extra year of eligibility. So you look at all that, AM is loaded from top to bottom with players that depending on what the matchup is for pitching, if there's guys who hit better off-speed pitches and they're going up against a left-hander who's known for throwing a changeup as his number two pitch and a curveball as his number three, play him first. Because if he's going to matter more to your team than a guy who just drives in power, if you have a guy who's the flamethrower, Get guys with speed out there. Get guys who have power. And load your lineup up to where each game and each batter, there's a strategy to where maybe you bat Alejo first because of his speed. And then you put Coleman at third, batting batting third. But Satori batting cleanup, even though he's probably better as a number six hole hitter. Because if you now know that if at least they can move Alejo to second, he's in scoring position. It's small ball. That is what's going to make the SEC a different game. And small ball like this is going to make AM a team to watch for, especially when SEC play is starting. Betting is going to be at an all-time high with the NCAA tournament right around the corner. And the one place we love and the one place we trust is betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag gives you the best lines, the best buyouts, and the best bets every single day, letting you know exactly what you can do to win some extra cash if you follow them on social media at betonline underscore ag. Go visit betonline.ag and get off the sidelines and subscribe right now to join their staff. Use the promo code Locked On, and you will get a 50% welcome bonus with your very first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbooks experts. 
Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M. The NFL Draft is right around the corner, and with it, you can get ready every single day when you listen to Locked on NFL Draft. Host Trevor Sikama and Benjamin Solak give you their latest positional rankings and analysis on the 2021 class with team-centric guest mocks right around the corner. Follow Locked on NFL Draft Podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. So, the NCAA tournament officially starts tomorrow, and with that in mind, you have your top teams that will be going in, but there's a lot of teams that will be represented from the SEC. Starting off from Missouri, they'll take on number 8, Oklahoma. I believe that that game is on March 20th, if I'm not mistaken. LSU also received a number 8 seed after finishing in 2nd in the SEC tournament, losing to Alabama. They will be taking on... Uh, St. Bonaventure, yeah, the Bonnies. They'll be facing them as well on March 20th. You also have Alabama in the same bracket as LSU, so you could see a potential matchup. They will take on Iona as the number two seed in the Eastern bracket. As you head over to the Midwest, I believe there's one team. Yeah, it's Tennessee. They got the number five seed after an 18-8 season. They'll take on Oregon State on March 19th. That is Friday. You also have Florida taking on Virginia Tech on March 19th. They were the number seven seed. Arkansas will take on Colgate as the number three seed. And I think that's it. I think that that's it for SEC teams that made the tournament. So Missouri, Arkansas, Alabama, um, LSU, (coughs) Florida, Tennessee. So you got six teams. That's a pretty good recommendation when you think about it. So if if I'm just going off based off what I've seen in play, I think of the two, Missouri has the best chance to move on against Oklahoma. I'm not sure that they're going to get past who they're going to have to face next, which will likely be Gonzaga. Gonzaga's 26-0. They're one of five or six teams in the history of the sport to go undefeated in the regular season. Uh, If they somehow get past them, they're going to be either taking on Virginia or... Ohio, UC Santa Barbara, or Creighton. I'm not sure how far they'll go, but I do think they will get the win to start the tournament off against Oklahoma this past week. I mean, on uh, March 20th. After that, LSU versus St. Bonaventure. I'm not going to lie. This is the game I'm going to be really interested in. The Bonnies are really good. If anyone has watched them, they are a fantastic team and they're a great story. And St. Bonaventure has always been kind of a sleeper team when they get into the tournament. I will be very interested to see how they turn out. And then if they somehow win, they got to face Michigan. And Michigan is a team that I think is very much overranked. I think that they are good. What Jawan Howard has done for the program is fantastic. But I'm not sure they're at that same level that everyone is putting them at, even though they are at the number one seed. Alabama will take on Iona. If they win, they will take on the winner of the UConn-Maryland game. Then they will take on the winner of the Michigan State slash UCLA, BYU, and Texas Abilene Christian. If the Sweet 16 is Alabama versus Texas, that is the game to watch. Because the way Jericho Sims has played for Texas as the big man, and you look at what John Petty Jr. has done for the Crimson Tide, Shaka Smart versus Nate Oates, two smaller school guys, Buffalo and Virginia Commonwealth, finally getting wins, setting their teams up for success. The winners of the Big 12 versus the winner of the SEC. 
come on. Nobody is not going to be wanting to watch that. Uh, you also go look at the other side of the bracket. Tennessee, I think that they will be able to beat Oklahoma State. Uh, Oklahoma, uh, Oregon State, they then face Oklahoma State. And Cade Cunningham is the number one player in the country, in my opinion. The way he's played all season, he's why the Cowboys have a shot of going far. I think the winner of that game, though, they're going to take on Illinois. The winner of that game is 100% going to give Illinois fits if Illinois continues to move on. Uh, Loyola Chicago is going to be in that tournament, so we're at least going to get Sister Jean back in the action. I am so excited to see that one. And then you have Arkansas versus Colgate. I think Arkansas will get the win. They'll probably face Texas Tech. Texas Tech was really good. The reason they're so low is because of they were early eliminations uh, by Texas on a buzzer beater basically play in the Big 12 tournament. And then you have Florida versus Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, listen, I I'm going to pull for them because of Buzz and Buzz's team was there, but the winner of them have to play Ohio State or Oral Roberts, so Ohio State. I'm not sure they get past it. So when I'm looking at this bracket right now, who do I think has the best chance to move on? Arkansas would be my first pick. I think that they can beat Texas Tech, but if they can't, I do think Texas Tech will go all the way, and they will end up beating Ohio State to face on, as of right now, Baylor. I think Villanova is going to be a team to watch, if you, they, and, and make sure you don't sleep on them. I think they're in a very good spot. But if if Arkansas can do that, they could probably make it to the Elite Eight. I think Tennessee's highest ceiling would be the Sweet 16. I'm not sure they can get past it. If they can, I really like Houston. And it's not because of I grew up in Houston and I live in Houston. It's because of I think Houston is a fantastic team. What Kelvin Sampson has done with it, that program. So that's going to be interesting. I think the best chance to win it all is Alabama. Of the SEC schools, I do. And it's not me being an Alabama grad. It's if they get past Texas in the Sweet 16, they're likely going to be facing either Michigan or it would be LSU at that point, or Florida State. I think they can easily beat Florida State. I think they can easily beat Michigan. A matchup against LSU would be really fun to watch again because that was a really intense game going down the stretch. And Will Wade's squad knows how to play basketball very well and very consistent. They're very good shooters. And I think that if Alabama can move past Texas, because that's the only team I'm really worried about on that side of the bracket, if I'm an SEC fan. If I can get past Texas, I'm in the Elite Eight. I automatically know I'm in the Elite Eight. If I play the way I've played all season. And Missouri, I, I see them getting out in the round of 32. So, if I was to say right now, and I'm not going to give my final four predictions because I don't really know yet, I will say Gonzaga, I do think, is the frontrunners to win it all, and deservingly so. But I will say, of the SEC schools, Alabama has easily the best chance to make it to the final four into Indianapolis. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. On tomorrow's show, we'll be talking about something. I don't know what yet, but we will have something to talk about. We'll see you then, and remember... Give me all. This has been Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.